everybody. This is episode seven of Trapped in My Mind. I am your host, Seth. And today with me, I have my first stranger, AC. <laughs> passing over to you. I'm the first stranger? Yeah, I, I, I roughly knew a... everybody else. So I'm I, excited. Okay, I hope I'm an okay stranger. Well, we caught up a little bit before... Oh, we met a little bit before you got here. <laughs> Friend of Megan's, right, from episode four? Yes. Yeah, Megan and I uh, go very way back. We did a lot of shows together. Um, actually, the first show I was in at Western Michigan University, which is where I graduated from uh, for my BFA in acting, uh, where Megan graduated from also. Um, our first show was together, and like our second to last show was together, and that's all I should say about those productions. <laughs> but she'll, if she listens to this, she'll be like, eh. She'll know which ones you're talking about. Yeah, she will. Well, it, was, I, it was fun. I, I love her. We're secretly the same person as what we've learned. Well, that'll be interesting because we're talking about different topics this time. That's true. So well, I, th- I would hope, I don't know, I'll get back to her and we'll be like, do you agree with what I said? Do you, <laughs> like, I'm sure, I don't know, we think the same in weird we'll, ways. We'll, we'll see what comes up. Um, so what, 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 first question, what made you want to reach out? You know, I know you probably listened to her, her episode and saw hers, but why did you, because you never met me. So this is, what, what made you reach out to a stranger? Um, well, <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Um, my aunt would be like, why? Uh, yeah, I get well, I'm that. an actor, so I like to take weird risks like that. Um, well, I saw Megan had posted, and first of all, there's like this weird thing that happens. I think when you're an actor, you're like constantly in the back of your head, like looking for opportunities to just do something. Yeah, because hopefully just, this gets you gets you noticed. <laughs> I would I would hope so. That would be really dope. Um, maybe I'll regret that in the years to come. But uh, I had I had seen it, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, first of all, if Megan's doing this with somebody like first of all i, tr- I trust megan mm-hmm. uh, megan's judgment so i know she's doing it with someone who is going to be a open um well-intended like good-hearted person um so i saw that and then i was like okay i'll take like take a sneak peek and like watch some of what the videos she was posting and i went over and saw that and then i listened to the start of the podcast at first and i liked the song intro that you had and it was just I think what stood out to me was I was like, okay, I don't know Seth, but I can tell that there's intention in the work that he's doing. And that intention to me is valuable. I'm like, okay, he is doing this with intention and presence. And those are two things I value. So that led me to say, you know, why not? Like I'm home. Maybe this was why I came home. It just opportunities. And on top of it too, it's, it's, we're in the middle of the pandemic as everybody in the whole world knows and it's just like every opportunity that I could have to not be isolated, isolated, yeah. and sitting at home, worrying and thinking and planning and attempting to relax. I could actually like engage with another human being mm-hmm. that isn't my pet or my family, who we just at this point like engage with, but argue relentlessly, even though like over nothing. Yeah, you know, over string cheese or like some weird thing like. I feel that. I mean, you, normally you have to go out to meet strangers and it's like, you can't really do that right now. So the brief right? meeting that we've had has been enjoyable. So I appreciate you reaching out and thank you for, you know, your kind words on the intention because I, the intention is, is authentic. I, I do want to, you know, accomplish some of the things I was telling you about. And that kind of, you know, brings us to this first point. Uh, well, I, I just want to cut you off really it, quickly. I'm yeah, sorry. Cut me off. To say that in that part, uh, yeah, just know that I'm, like, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't, um, 
yeah, think that you were doing it with an intention or were, were, with, a, were a, a horrible person, to be <laughs> frank and, or, or honest. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I know I don't know you well mm-hmm. by any means, but this, what you're doing, I value. Like, people value that. I value it. I appreciate that you're doing this. Thank you for doing this and, like, having the courage to sit down and have an open conversation and then put it out there for, I don't know, some random person to hear and have a heart attack about. Yeah. So, like, that does that does not go unnoticed. Well, thank you. It takes two. And multiple people to come oh, on. So to people, tango? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> takes two to tango. takes two to podcast. So I appreciate you coming <laughs> I on. That. Um but so as I as I kind of briefly explain in every episode, I usually send people lists mm. of topics that they want to discuss. And you know, one of the first uh, things you yes. said you wanted to discuss was the importance of having you know hard conversations. And I think oh. that's kind of you know one of the purposes of this. So before we get started, I'd like to know you know why why you think it's so important to have difficult conversations, and what's your definition of difficult conversations? I guess, or some examples. Oh yeah. Okay. Um. I think I'll start with the latter part of that question. That yeah. Uh, what What's your definition of a difficult conversation? Um, I guess I would say my definite, my personal definition, because by no means is this in the New Oxford English Dictionary, uh, of a com- difficult conversation would be um, the having a discussion. What's difficult about a difficult conversation is coming to the table to talk and actually being honest mm-hmm. and actually, you know, I had a professor say to me, uh, and I don't think it's the first time it's been said. I don't, I don't think it's originates from her, but she said it left and right every day. And it stuck with me for a long time is say what you mean and mean what you say. Mm-hmm. So having a difficult conversation it is inherently difficult, one, because we're probably talking about topics that are difficult to discuss in general. Two, they have a lot of backbone to them in terms of fact, research, ex- personal experience. Nobody has a difficult conversation about popcorn, right? yeah. unless that's unless you're from Chicago uh, <laughs> or you're writing the next episode of Seinfeld, right? Yeah. Th- at that point, that you're going to have a difficult discussion about com- a conversation about popcorn because it's hilarious it's funny it's entertaining um but having a general difficult discussion about a hard topic it takes something out of you it it, it, it takes it's mentally draining it takes effort yeah it is and forgive me what was the first part of your question uh the first part of it is why why do you think it's so important to have those conversations oh, duh. well i mean i think that question kind of answers itself that's not any sass towards you but just mm-hmm. like just look outside the damn window, right? Yeah. Yeah, you can right. swear. Oh, can I swear? Yeah, you okay. can swear. You can swear. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> uh, look outside the window pane, and you'll see that the, I mean, life is full of difficult conversations, right? And nobody ever wants to have them. And if sometimes you do want to have them, I'm that weird person that likes having them. I'm that weird person that's like, let's have the difficult conversation and let's also put it on stage and live in the difficult conversation yeah. and eat the difficult conversation for dinner. So I guess it's inherently in my nature to kind of have those conversations or uh, the two second fold of that is it's required of me almost mm-hmm. um, or of good theater and film and television in my opinion. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's an important thing to do. We need to have these conversations and I know it sounds cliche and I know 
every newscaster and co-host and anchor on The View and CNN and Good Morning America has said, you know, it starts with a difficult conversation because it does. Yeah, and I think there's a big difference between a difficult conversation with people who are like-minded and a difficult mm. conversation with people who, you know, don't necessarily agree with what the to conversation topic is about. Because, you know, I can have conversations about politics with people who I directly agree with and think it's, oh, it's difficult because it's politics. But if yeah. they agree with me and nobody's challenging my thought, then it's a little bit more difficult than if I if I was far right and I sat down with someone who's far left and we had a conversation and not a, like a hostile argument, then it's a little bit more difficult. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, totally. I think, you know, one of the reasons, too, that this was kind of fresh for me, that I put that down or, or suggested that or liked that topic that you had sent me um, was because I had recently... I mean, we've all been having a lot of difficult conversations lately about life, and I guess that is the silver lining of this yeah. whole experience the past two Touché. years. That's good. Uh, or a year and a half, year and a month. Um, my, my so my current roommates. Um, I live with two got gentlemen, uh, both uh, men, um, cisgendered straight men, uh, and they. They're, whenever their girlfriends come over, I mean, we're a very open group of theater people. One of my roommates uh, is opening a little theater practice in Manhattan uh, or in upstate Manhattan, New York, forgive me. Um, and the other works as uh, on a PA on film sets. And they're smart, wonderful, great people. Girlfriends are both very intelligent, kind, sweet people. And we're always, I mean, you know, when you're hanging out in your home during the pandemic, what else are you going to do? Watch TV and have a discussion. So one day we were watching, uh, I think it was Haunting of Hill House. Okay. I don't know yeah. if you've seen yep. Hill on House. Netflix. Yep. Um, that one's phenomenal. And then we were watching Haunting of Bly Manor, which is the kind of uh, American Horror Story-esque concept of the part two, right? It's unrelated, but it's related. Similar cast members. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. And the conversation, because we're weird and we just like to debate things because we're those weird artsy hipster people that... You know, you go in your mouth when you think about it. Sometimes that stereotype that we fall into, but it's it's true. Um, and we were talking about uh, J.K. Rowling and her recent comments on Twitter, and uh, which, if people are unfamiliar with, uh, she's recently stood up, actively denied and against the trans community. Um, she's the author of Harry Potter. Okay, and she stood up against trans. Yes. Okay. So she made a comment. Um, it was unclarified. Uh, and then she clarified it and said, no, I, I really do believe this and I defend this, my, my point. Uh, and that is a whole other 45-minute discussion. But I say that because we're having some of those difficult discussions, right? Granted, we're all people who are on the same page. Um, we're all very, like, loving, accepting people and very, like, I, I, I wouldn't be having these discussions if we didn't uh, mean well mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Anyways, we're saying that because we're all reading the Harry Potter books right now like nerds. Um, because I hadn't read them, and my her my roommate John, his girlfriend Natalie, and I were talking about it, and she was like, "Oh, I almost feel guilty reading this book right now, right? Because I don't support the author. Um, I had bought the book before this process happened, you know, before this whole uh, situation came to light, and you know, this is the debate we're having. Is it still? It, it, should I feel bad? Should there be remorse in reading this book? Mm -hmm. You know, reading the art of this." the literature after the fact that now we've found out something, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I'll leave that discussion to the powers that be and to people to think about or whoever's listening to have their own debate um, about that. At the end of the day, uh, read the book, right? 
the knowledge is helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, you bought the book before we knew about what was going on with her. You're not actively supporting. At that point, you weren't actively trying to support um, reprimandations and discriminations against the trans community. Yeah. Anyways, uh, after having that discussion, we started to talk about sexuality, of course, right? Um, and my, I suddenly, to my surprise, I had to have the discussion um, with a friend, a close, very close friend, that not that being gay isn't a choice is a choice mm-hmm. uh he knew that being gay is not a choice yeah um and that sexuality and so forth and all of these things that were seen as oh it's a choice you can change that you know pray the gay away yeah. and so forth uh we were talking about that and he didn't I should, will say he didn't realize I don't want to put words in his mouth but he didn't realize or understand grasp the concept that it's not he was under the impression that being gay or not being cisgender and straight uh heterosexual was a defect like a mental disorder the same way that i'm someone who has ocd diagnosed Mm -hmm. obsessive compulsive disorder that it's a mental disorder Mm -hmm. that being said there was no i mean we had the discussion because I was willing to have that discussion and clarify because I knew he he didn't. It was he was like I don't I don't understand like mm-hmm. this isn't I was like no it, you know this is seen in the animal kingdom this is in DNA you're born with it it's not hey you're born this way right come on it there, there's it's not a there's no moment in which your mind and or body makes the the the, the active choice and flips a switch yeah right it's the same way that you wake up. And you look in the mirror, for the most part, right? I would assume, I don't know you well enough, but I would assume um, from the light discussion we've had, and you can confirm this, that Seth wakes up and looks in the mirror and identifies as a heterosexual, straight male. You wake up, you look in the mirror, you're like, I am a man. That is how I feel. It's never been a question. question. It's the same situation um, for members of the LGBTQIA plus community. I mean, you and Megan discussed this in the last podcast. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to go into that discussion because it's already been had. Um, but having that discussion was hard, right? Midway through yeah. having it, I started to realize, I started to get a little shaky and a little nervous. Not because of my friend. I knew I was in a safe environment. I wouldn't be having this discussion with him if I wasn't. Mm-hmm. But I re- I started to get that trauma of, being in middle school, sitting in church, meeting people for the first time, and, and and hearing that they don't support me. And it's not even that they don't support me. It's that you start to feel like I am not safe. If, if things were to, if the ceiling were to cave in, mm-hmm. right, or we were to go to a protest and things were to really turn south, I'm not necessarily safe around these people. Yeah. They don't. Not that they're going to outright harm me right away yeah. by any means. You know, uh, there's a privilege to that. I'm not a person of color walking around where there is a, an, a heightened level of feeling unsafe yeah. around a cop and so forth. Um, uh, you know, I don't walk into Kroger and feel like people's eyes are on me. Um, but when these discussions about being gay come up and we start to have discussions about my rights and being able to get married and donate blood, one of which you weren't allowed to do until a little bit ago, yeah. you know what I mean? You start to get shaky because it awakens being told that you're less. Oh, that you're incorrect. Oh, this is a choice. 
you know, people telling you all of these things and you're saying, well, hey, I'm the source of this. Yeah. Why am I not allowed to discuss it? Why am I not allowed to lead this conversation? Mm-hmm. So, and at the at midway through the conversation, I, I had to say, you know, I, I have to stop. We we, we got to stop having this conversation. Not because I you're, you're being rude or disrespecting me or not listening, but because I don't feel comfortable. Yeah. And that's okay to say we need to stop. And I need see even the categories. Okay. <laughs> um, we need to stop. I, I just needed to go take a moment for myself, mm-hmm. just to settle. Even now talking about it, I, I get a little. Uh, yeah. You, I get that feeling in, in in the pit of my stomach, and it's not because I feel unsafe around you. It's because the conversation and the topics we're discussing are hard. Yeah. They're 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 traumatizing for a lot of people. And the, it, it awakens something that reminds you and puts you back in that unsafe place. You know, uh, I had a professor one time who told who was talking about the psychology of acting, and we were doing some research and reading through some research on acting and uh, talking about how when you're on stage recreating a traumatic experience, your body cannot tell the difference between whether the experience is actually happening and whether or not it's fabricated. It's the same reason in the past recent years we have intimacy coaches on stage, right? For plays like Slave Play by Jeremy O'Hare. It's phenomenal. If you ever get bored and you want to read a play, um, that will really challenge yourself sitting and watching. Uh, um, I say that because if we're not having these difficult discussions, one, we're at a loss. And I, I apologize for going so so off on this. It's just oh, uh, discussing okay. the topic gives me a little bit of uh, fogginess because I, I start to lose the focus, mm-hmm. right, because of the t- topic. But if we, one, don't have these difficult conversations, and two, the most important part, if the people that are at the forefront of these conversations that they are about are not leading the conversation inherently and having that conversation, they are being disenfranchised, possibly traumatized, and at at a loss. You know, it's like putting somebody on the stand and then saying, I'm putting you on the stand so that you can speak your mind, but actually you're just going to sit here and we're all going to talk about how we feel about you. Mm -hmm. We're getting nowhere. One, that doesn't happen in a court of law, correct? Because then we're not getting anywhere. Mm. We're not progressing. You know, if we're bringing a witness to the stand, it's because we need to hear what they're saying, what happened, their recount, their understanding, right? Mm-hmm. So if we start to have these conversations and the conversation is more or less to affirm someone else's belief or make them feel comfortable, that's when we need to say to ourselves and feel comfortable saying, you know, maybe we need to take a moment and take a breather reconfigure this is why i feel uncomfortable and we'll come back to it Mm -hmm. right this is the issue with why so many black lives matter discussions and you know you can't just yes it's good that we're changing the face of aunt jemima on the pancake box but that doesn't change everything going on around us right yeah and that's something that to be frank, a white person, myself included, will see and say, oh, that's good. That's change, right? But is it really change when the way you physically and emotionally and mentally, emotionally and mentally, forgive me, live your life doesn't change? Is there really that much change happening? No. So exactly. You know, you, we, I have a friend who uh, I won't say what college she goes to, but at, right after that conversation, I immediately texted her and I was like, I need to talk to you. You know, I need to call you. 
good, really good friends in college. We got along really well, did shows together. Um, she has a very maternal energy to her that I admire so much. And uh, she, she was saying, you know, you, are you, t uh, do you, do we need to have another a discussion about having discussions with ignorant people? And I was like, yeah, I think I do because I haven't had that experience since I was younger. Mm -hmm. And of course I didn't know how to handle that discussion when I was younger. I know how yeah. to handle it now. But even then, that handling that discussion takes time. So when we're saying, you know, we need to fix, for example, systemic racism, right? We can't say, okay, we're going to gather up all of these leaders in the black community and the, Stacey Abrams and uh, Kamala Harris, you know, and Raphael Warnock. We can't gather up all of these people and say, okay, now you go have the discussion and tell and, and, and so forth, and we'll sit here and take notes. I, I love that the cat either agrees or disagrees uh, with know. me. I um, But you can't go have that discussion and leave. You, you have to have the discussion, but you cannot leave the work mm -hmm. to the minorities and the people who have been disenfranchised. It yeah. is not their job to repair the systemic racism and the acts of white people for 400 years that have disenfranchised them. I can't then go up to the victim of a rape and say, it is your job to repair the act that was placed on you by no fault of your own, that yeah. you did not willingly agree with. You know, it doesn't work. Yeah. That's, it's, it's saying, I, you need to listen to them, see what they have to say, and then say, I as someone who is in the privileged place to do the work for you, will now hold your hand and help, and I will facilitate the work mm -hmm. with you here whenever you feel comfortable and safe to weigh in on it. Yeah. Because I, I'm not the person who's going to lead this discussion. I can only have those... Dis if you're having a discussion about don't ask, don't tell, I'm not, I, mean, I, I may not have been in the military, but if you're having a discussion about don't ask, don't tell, uh, donating blood as a member of the LGBTQIA community, um, marriage equality, getting married in a church, and all of these things, you, I, I, I would hope you invite me to come have that discussion and lead that discussion. Yeah. But then when it becomes to the work, we all need to come together and say, we have to do this job together, right? Many man hands mm -hmm. make light work. So I think that's part of the issue that we're having is it's good that now we're having these conversations but the next step is being able to say, uh, you know, when, you, when we're sitting down to have a conversation about Black Lives Matter, I think a lot of times the, well, I don't think, I know that a lot of times, and I have heard that the conversation ends up being about making white people, the initial conversation is about making white people feel less guilty mm -hmm. about their ancestors, right? And the decisions they made because I'm not actively engaging in slavery, right? And a slave-based economy right now, correct? Okay. But the discussion that we're having, a lot of times it comes, it ends up becoming the people of color calming down white people in those discussions. And, and less about, you, I think you just have to know when to say, this discussion is not about me. Mm-hmm. It's my time to take a moment, sit back, listen, and then come to the table and say, I, this is how I think I can help. And it's not saying that your opinion doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's just saying that when all the, you know, if one house is burning on a street, that street, that house is the priority. Yeah. That person 
that family, that minority who has been disenfranchised are the people who need to lead that discussion. I'm starting to repeat myself. So no, I get we'll, that. We'll move I, on. Does that make sense? Did yeah, I, did it, I, it does you know make I mean? sense. It does make sense. I definitely have. I know that's a lot to <laughs> throw at you and I guess put together. Mm-hmm. No, I, and I understand where you're coming from. And the conversations, difficult conversations are hard because everyone has. Really like. No, you're good. <laughs> everyone has opinions and they don't, I don't know. The key word that you said in your last in your previous statement was that people need to sit down and listen. And listen, I think, is the key word because exactly. I agree. I, th- I think it was in the podcast with Chris that no one has mm. heard at this time, but will be aired. I kind of mentioned how uh, yeah, humans on, humans humans uh, <laughs> inherently want to help. Exactly. So like, that's you know, as a white person, I want to help the black yes. community, right? However, they don't necessarily want to be helped right away. They want to be listened to. And then, like you said, move forward and help it. And I don't even want to make like I don't even want to speak for the black yeah, community or the white community because I don't, community I don't know how to help you. Yeah, I'm right not. Away. I'm, you I'm have not, to tell me. Yeah, I'm also not. Uh, what's the word? I'm not important enough to, to speak on that. I'm not the one that's going to be fixing anything. However, to your point, I think what these types of conversations do is maybe it doesn't fix anything right away, but it humanizes one another. And I guess that's exactly. the question I was going to ask you is. You know, I, I don't know what uh, J.K. Rowling said or what her, uh, what she tries it's, to do. I, I, I will, I, I, I will put a put a pin in it, and honestly, because it just is a big long discussion, and I don't, you know, I think it will really lead us off to another okay million well, discussions. So then, a very like small sample then of what I'd ask is, and you can either answer this as your your personal opinion or what you think others might feel. But my question is, it, you know, no one's ever. The entire race or the entire – everybody in the world is never going to agree on one thing ever, oh, right? Uh, exactly. So – I would hope not. That would make humanity quite boring. Okay. So point being, like, you know, maybe – Although in some cases I wish we could agree on everything and just get along with it and be happy. But anyways. See, and, and so my, my point is for me, you don't have to agree with everything as long as you see the person as a human and Ex- treat them as such. And I think – Exactly. So I guess the question would be, you know, if, if J.K. Rowling's out here, you know – verbally like abusing transgender people or like trying to like build propaganda that sets them back then i think okay that's wrong but if she like internally just doesn't you know doesn't really believe like transgender is a thing and it's not her thing but she still treats people as humans including transgender then for me i don't have a problem with her but it's like when you start being becoming malicious and And you have fringing on other people yeah that's where the issue is so i guess my question would be for you um and this isn't my belief but let's just say i you know, I don't agree with gay. I think it's I think it's black and white. You should mm-hmm. be straight, right? Yeah. If I if that's my belief, don't worry. It's not the first time someone's come to me and actually meant that. I know you don't. Actually yeah. No, mean I don't. That, that's I don't. <laughs> I understand that it's. Yeah, well, I go, I don't understand, but yeah. I, I I can empathize that it's. You know, you wake up and it's you just you're attracted to two different sex, right? Yes. But if I if let's say I'm very religious, right, and I mm-hmm. just didn't believe that to be true, but if I treated you normal and like I never told you, oh, I hate you, I hate the person you are, could we like? coexist and get along yes we could coexist and then i think it becomes a fine line because there's a difference between tolerance and acceptance okay right yeah we've had that uh tolerance i think the difference between tolerance and acceptance is knowledge yeah and understanding and listening you know people who are like well i tolerate it i don't agree with it 
Well, I'm not debating with you on the taste of Fago. Mm-hmm. I'm debating with you on the life and the rights of a black man or woman or person, I should say, uh, black brothers and sisters, their, their right to life. That is not debatable. Mm-hmm. So whether you agree or disagree with that and tolerate it, it, it makes me, in that discussion, particular discussion, it, you can't just tolerate that. You need to accept it because these are people's lives. Yeah. You know, it's not a, a cereal box flavor. It's not Lucky Charms versus Cheetos. Oh, my God, Cheetos a a, 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 a chip. Uh, Lucky Charms versus uh, Captain Crunch. Yeah. It, it, we're not comparing light flavors at the grocery store. We're comparing someone right to a life. Yeah. I think that is... An, not that we're about to need to have this discussion, but I think that fine line is felt in discussions like abortion, right? Yeah. And so what does it come down to? We need to have the discussion. We need to have the discussion and almost, if it's in a public sense, right? If it's in a law sense, if we're having that public discussion or debate on television, we need a facilitator, someone to yeah. say, hey, this person doesn't feel safe anymore. I, a lot of this stems from emotional education. Mm-hmm. We have not been trained. We have not been raised. We take classes in history in middle school, classes in math, science, literature, grammar, uh, right? Presentation. We, we don't have gym, physical education, PE. Uh, we don't take classes in emotional education. Mm-hmm. We take classes in language. And while I think all of these are important, it would be, in my opinion, even more beneficial to take five minutes out of each of those courses um, and put them towards a course of emotional education to say, I know you're six and I know you don't really have all of these things going on in your head yet, but when you feel depressed, this is what this feeling is like. It feels like this color, right? Yeah. This color is this letter, right? That's how we treat, uh, educate children, right? Uh, this, What sound does this animal make? We show the animal the picture of the animal, what sound does this make? And the kids all respond, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, What if I showed you this color and I said, what emotion does this usually convey? Look, this person is hugging themselves, sad in a corner with a cloud over them. What is that? I doubt a lot of times kids would probably be able to be like, "Uh, uh, he's unhappy, he's sad. You know, I want that immediate response of that might be depression. Yeah. Things that we all experience in our daily lives, but we were never taught how to grapple with them and live with them and and recognize and recognize them you know i I want us all to get to a point where i can say take responsibility for my emotions and say i'm having a bad day today when i go into work i'm having a bad day you know it's not you just because i'm in a bad mood it's not you i just am telling you because i respect you as a person i want Mm -hmm. you to know i'm having a rough day today no i don't think there's anything you can do to help me but i appreciate that you might be thinking that I just need some time to myself. So if I'm a little less responsive or I seem a little out of it, that's why. And that immediately takes off in your head. You're, you know, if a good person running around work is like, I don't know why uh, Sandra is, seems like she's having a rough day, right? You immediately almost start thinking to yourself, oh, maybe I did something. Maybe I said something to her at work that made her unhappy. Maybe, you know, but we don't know that. So when we're honest with our emotions and we have these discussions, it eliminates the uncertainty. And when it eliminates the uncertainty, we can really get to the root of the problem, mm-hmm. right? Maybe the root of that problem was that she's sick. Oh, oh, you're sick and you're not, oh, oh, we're actually having this discussion now? Oh, it's simple, you're sick, here, here's some medication that I cannot legally give you from work. Here's an aspirin, sign off on it. Okay, and you know what? You should go home and get some rest mm-hmm. because you deserve that, right? 
think of how many great discussions and how many issues we'd be able to resolve if we actually were honest with other people. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. I and mean, that's I, hard. I, I can that's see hard. that going both ways, though, because if you're honest with somebody, you know, and you don't and so you say something that's honest but not necessarily in good, you know, in good spirit, that might piss somebody off. Oh, and you cause have to more. always be leading the conversation with compassion and kindness. Yeah, being uh, that's another thing, and I'm glad that you brought that up. And I think you would agree with this. Being honest is not a pass to be an asshole. Yeah, that doesn't mean no, you get to be frank and rude. Honest. And oh yeah, people are like, oh, I, I'm just being honest, or you think I'm being fun? I'm just being funny. No, you're not being funny. You're being an asshole. Mm -hmm. You're saying something deliberately hurtful that you secretly, deep down, subconsciously want us all to hear. Mm -hmm because you're upset about something. The correct way to do that would be to say, hey, because we're good friends, if you are good friends, can I sit down and have a discussion with you alone at a different time if you feel comfortable? And you know, I felt uncomfortable living with you for this reason, right? Something simple, you're not washing the dishes, you're not cleaning up after yourself. Uh, I feel like sometimes you, the, the, some of the words you say make me feel uncomfortable, right? Um, It, again, it goes back. You have to lead that discussion with compassion and kindness step by step. And if somebody says, I don't want to have that discussion, they don't want to have that discussion. Mm -hmm. Just because I think the discussion will lead to the greater good. If they don't want to have it, we're not having it. Well, that's, that's, you know what that's, I mean? that's the hard thing about getting these conversations going is how do you get somebody who doesn't care about it to care enough to Ex listen? Exactly. And it's like, maybe they don't care. And you know what? That is okay. It is okay that not everybody is going to agree. It is okay that I won't be loved and accepted by everybody. That is life and that's how it is. Mm -hmm. But if we don't accept that and then approach our response with kindness, if that immediately makes you angry, you have to go, okay, hold on a minute. Why am I getting angry? Yeah. Probably because I'm defensive and I feel a little unsafe. Yeah. Because now I know that this person I'm talking to doesn't support me, doesn't believe in who I am. That's okay that I'm feeling that way. That's natural. Mm -hmm. I assume, uh, I'm no psychology major, I don't have a degree in this, but I would assume that comes from safety and just human instinct to be, feel safe around the people you're around. Yeah. So, you know, again, it's a later discussion to have. And it's 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 hard for me to really have an opinion on that because I, I try to treat everybody with kindness and I feel like I don't understand why somebody would always like, okay, what's the best way to explain this? I definitely am a sensitive person, right? I have feelings. But mm -hmm. I can see the, you know, to an extent, some people being too sensitive because, yeah. oh yeah, but I don't know if I really have the right to say that because I'm a straight white man. So like, I've never been, I've never really been bullied either. So it's like, I don't know exactly what it feels like to be, to feel isolated in a, in a room of people, or I don't know what it feels like to walk in a room and have eyes on me because I'm different or because I like different things. So it's like, let me put a caveat on that and say your opinion is important and it mm -hmm. is valid. I, I don't want you to uh, discredit yourself mm -hmm. right now. Um, but the fact that you n think about that is, is you've been able to, you know, you're noticing and saying, maybe I'm not, I'm not the person to lead this discussion on, yeah. on, on bullying, right? Because I have not been a victim of bullying and I have not been a perpetrator, right? Yeah. Your, is, is what it sounds like you were saying yeah. to me. Yeah, well... I guess really what I'm trying to ask is, um, I feel like you said something like, um, uh, like when you go into work, you, you feel like it's it's good to tell everybody like, or in a perfect world, it'd be good to be able to tell everybody like, oh, I'm having a bad day. Can you understand this? And like, from me, it's like, if I'm at work, 
I just feel like that would be unnecessary. And I think maybe the reason why I feel like it's unnecessary is because I've never, like, to me, I never had to really open up about shit like that. Like, oh, I was having a bad day because I got bullied or I was having a bad day because I'm black or I'm having a bad day because I'm gay. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. so when you say going into work and, like, you know, discussing your feelings, I think there's a time, for me, there's a time and place for doing that. Yeah, but there's also like yeah, you have to sometimes it's like yeah okay so I guess that's it do you do you think that every place you walk in whether it's work a friend's house <laughs> no. you go like you should just be able to pour your heart out spell your feelings no or it's no, like, no no okay that's unfair so maybe to that's the what other I was, people because they're okay. not saying hey I want that every day yes but I do think there's uh I would like to lean on the side of you know, if you're having a really bad day, yeah. I just want people to know that if you're there having a terrible day and I go up to them and I say, how are you doing? When I say, how are you today at work? I, I don't, I'm not expecting you to go, oh, I'm good. How about you? And exchange pleasantries. Yeah. That is polite. I respect, I respect mm-hmm. that. That is nice. Some people operate that way. I operate that way at times. We all do. We don't fit a simple mold, right? And when some people do that, I'm like, oh, I know that they're being polite in doing that. Even though it may sound like they're not being sincere, I know that they're being polite. But I just want other people to know that when I say, how are you doing today? I really am asking. And if you want to respond with, oh, I'm fine. You know, I'm having a good day. What about you? And you don't need to have a discussion. You're fine. You don't want to. You don't feel like it. That's fine. That's cool. We're just living our lives. But if you do feel the need to be like, you know, I just had a coworker who was like, I, I, I was like, how are you doing today? And he was like, I'm not doing too good. And I was like, do you want, like, do you want to talk about it? And he was like, I, actually, yes. He goes, and I, I wouldn't talk to many people about this, but I do actually feel very comfortable around you. And I, I do actually need to have this discussion. And we, and we talked about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just want people to, at the end of the day, I think it's, I want people to know, at least for my per- pers- personally, that mm-hmm. I'm actually there for you. Yeah. If you come in and you're having a bad day and you, bad day and you do need to have that discussion, I am that person you can come to and have that discussion. And I expect too, if I'm having a day and you come up to me and you want to have that discussion, I'm not in the place to have that. And I say, I don't want to, we're not having that discussion. Yeah. And, and I expect that you have that same level of respect for me. Okay. So, so there is, it's, it's just, it's much more niche, you know, yeah. it's, it's not as simple. I don't think it's a simple standard. It's a one by one person, person basis. And what does that mean? God forbid, we got to get to know people. We got to be yeah. more selective about the people in our lives and really lead lives with presence, kindness, compassion, and integrity. No, and I'm glad you made that distinction because without putting words in your mouth, it sounds like what you mean no, you're is fine. you don't have, you don't have don't, to necessarily. I, I will tell you if you're okay. putting my words in my mouth. So you're fine. Don't worry about okay. that. I don't so think you are. What it sounds like to me, what you're saying, which if this is the case, this is what I agree with. If you're going into a situation, whether it's work, or whatever, not necessarily always saying, oh, here's my day. Like I'm having a bad day. Let's always discuss it. No, I but, don't need an extra but email it's okay. from you on your feelings But it's okay day. if you do that. It, yeah. shouldn't, it shouldn't be like weird, like, oh, well, he actually said he's not having a good day. Exactly. How do I respond? Exactly. Okay. That makes more sense to me than what I thought you originally meant. And I agree no, with no, that. No, I mean the, the latter. Yes, what you just clarified is what I meant. And thank okay. you, because I hope that clarifies for people that would be Okay, I probably just misinterpreted it. But it's no, good to fine. know that, because I agree. I think you should be able to have those conversations with not just good friends, but like, if you're having a really bad day, you know what? I'll share a really personal story that is embarrassing as fuck. And if anybody I used to work with hears this, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And 
Either way. Oh, wait, you're actually going to do this I'll now? tell you the story. Yeah, I'm out ready. Out I'm ready. I love this. It was embarrassing as all hell, and I regret doing it, but I couldn't. I, sometimes as a human, you can't keep shit in. I 100% agree. And I will say, the handle that... You're not a bad... Whatever it Well, I haven't heard it yet, but I would assume you're not a bad person. No. Whatever it, it is. So, so don't harbor that. I'll tell you the story, and I will say that they handled it well because it was very uncomfortable for me, and I guarantee it was very uncomfortable for them. Okay. <laughs> so at work, at work, I'm what the type of person like? to have... I have, like, at my desk spot, right? I usually keep pictures of, like, me and my friends, me and my girlfriend, me and my family, me, like, just pictures that yes, make me happy. As most people right? do. Because yeah. what makes me happy in life are my personal connections with people. So, it was, you know, I, I've addressed this in, in previous episodes. High five. Come on. I've addressed this in previous episodes. I, I went through a really bad time where I, you know, lost a friend, bad breakup, whatever. Really mm. shitty fucking time for me. Their pictures are up there. Uh, and so, to me, I had hard. two options. Take it down, and then people will ask me, oh, why did you take the picture of your girlfriend down? And yeah. then I have to have that conversation. Or keep it up and then have to deal with the pain of looking at it every day. Mm-hmm. So, I couldn't help I, I couldn't help how shitty I felt. And, like, I didn't even want to – I didn't want to have any of that conversations, but I also didn't want to see the pictures every single day. So, I fucking – Made a meeting request with the people in my team, and I made said, a, uh, say that a meeting request. So oh, I booked, I okay. booked a meeting room. There was like five or six people in my team. I said, "Hey, <laughs> gotta talk to you guys." And you know, at first, because I'm I'm usually like a funny, like happy person. They're like, "Oh, this guy's. What are you calling us in a meeting? To you gonna kill us? Like what? What? Yeah. <laughs> like there wasn't even like a subject. Yeah, oh, this means a boatload the of work. The subject is was like, I way. need to talk. So I was like, Oh, that's yeah. Because that like, because you get awkward when you're on stage like that. I don't know how yeah. to fucking like express natural, myself. Yeah. So we get in the room and like, before I can even say anything, I just start crying. And these are my coworkers, dude. I'm at fucking work, mm-hmm. just crying, grown ass man. And like, I'm like, dude, what am I doing? But I had. So to your point, I wish that wasn't so uh, uncomfortable because like I, it was a conversation that I couldn't really avoid because eventually if I took the pictures down, somebody was going to ask me about it. I would have to have that conversation multiple times with different people. Yeah, exactly. Or have it just head on. And it was nice that they reacted the way they did. You know, they were uncomfortable, whatever, but they, they were like, oh, we're here for you. Sorry, you're going through this, whatever. But the fact that that even felt so awkward, I wish wasn't the case. You know what I mean? So to your point, I wish it was more... Uh, Meaning the fact inclusive that sharing your feelings and was crying more, yeah. was, felt awkward, or you're saying because op- it was at work. Like if it was my friends, it wouldn't have been a, like I already had the oh, conversation with my friends. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. because like it's at work, like I'm like oh I, I'm at work, I can't have this conversation. It's not professional. But mm. I'm fucking human. Yeah. Dude. Why is it not professional to to be know, human? Ex- thank you. <laughs> so and why why is it not professional for a man to cry? Like for the love of God, come on. What is this 1942? Like it it's just. I mean, it's the same, like, we don't have discussions about periods. Like, women experience it once a month, every damn month. You know, if yeah. straight men were having periods, if that was happening to me, I, you sure as hell believe the whole world would be talking about it all the damn time. Oh, I'd be a nightmare if exactly. I was a period, I'm sure. So. so it's just like, you know, uh, and, and that happens a lot in work. I think that's mm-hmm. a common trope of the workplace, right? We're supposed to do the job, but we can't let anybody know about all the Don't things we personal. have to do to do the job. Yeah. Same with like serving, right? We we can't let anybody know that we're making your coffee this way, which is the proper, healthy, normal mm-hmm. way. But I can't let you know that I'm making it. I have to make it seem like it magically appeared on this 14 karat gold tray that mm-hmm. I'm setting down on your table and there's no splash or drip of the coffee yeah. and there's a perfect crema on top of your mocha or latte, right? That... It's just absurd that we, we are living our lives and saying, uh, you know, uh, 
I can't be a human. Well, I, it's just, it doesn't, it do, and I think you agree with this too. It just doesn't, to me, it doesn't make sense. I have always felt that way. I, I just don't get it. Yeah. I, but I understand that there are people who don't feel that way and that's not the way the world works. Well, that's the thing is like, I feel like in, at least since I've been alive in today's society, we have to almost dehumanize people that we have everyday interactions with because we don't have the capacity to care for everybody. Yeah, yeah, well said. Because then what would we do? We'd all just fall on the floor. We'd all be too emotional. All, we, uh, we wouldn't be able to handle it. But at the same time... Hey, that's so like, true. That's why we love theater. I'll just put in a theater plug there because that's why I love acting. That's why I love theater because then I'm literally being paid to be that sloppy-ass, dis- distraught person yeah. and just be there and be 100% honest. Some people don't want to be there, and that's the beauty of it, right? Then you can have an audience come in and say, "I want to come in, sit down, and 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 not have to be and be living my day, right?" Mm-hmm. I can't. And well, you go do that. You go fall apart on stage, but then I get some sort of empathy and experience and uh, catharsis from it from watching you do that. Okay. Anyway, sorry, but I cut you off. No, no, I just was saying like. So it's impossible to care for everybody. We just we mm-hmm. can't. We can't. We don't have that. Ability. Yeah, I, I think, think it would be world unhealthy would to do literally that. Literally collapse and sp- glitter and shit would just pour out of the center of the core of the earth. Yeah, it would be bad. But <laughs> I just don't like that we have because we'd have to colonize Mars. I just yeah, I just don't like that it has to be so dehumanized. Like, mm. uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I don't know. I just wish. No, I, I think I, you've said it. I know. And it, it, as as I don't think fucking, anybody likes it. They're just used to it, and they people like familiarity and the ease, and that comes from being used to it. So, yeah. you know, it's easier to go into work and dehumanize everybody because then you don't have to deal with anything. Yeah, I don't like that. Like, I don't like it either, but it's easier. That's why I think we fall into that trope, and I think that is why some people think they like it, is because it's easier. We think we like easy, you know, but yeah. so many of the important things in life come from the hard things that we do. And the, the hard milestones, right? You know, nobody, mm-hmm. nothing, nothing worthwhile was ever easy. I agree. And honestly, I, I hate to bring it back to this because this is always a common theme in my fucking podcast Excuse episodes, me. but it's, it's important. Another place where I think because we dehumanize, you know, in everyday interaction, the one place where we can go out and put our thoughts is social media. And it's like Mm-mm. that, but that's not humanized. That's not. It's not real. It's literally not real. It's literally exists in the air and in computer banks in government stations. Like it is literally not there. It is not tangible. The picture that you post is not literally is not tangible. Yes. I can look at it on an LCD screen and Mm -hmm. I guess you can print it off and I can hang it up on the wall and then it is tangible, but taking an actual photograph on a Polaroid and waiting for it to print is involves integrity and need and want and a physical action mm-hmm. right it's so much quicker for me to just go yeah. and post something that weird noise i just made yeah <laughs> everyone's wondering what it was that was my i guess the sound that comes to my mind when i think about posting a picture on instagram um yeah but so i mean to kind of further that line of mm-hmm. uh social media not being a good place for honest discussion or honestly, in my opinion, to get your information from. Agreed. You know, yeah, there's a very, very fine line. One of the things, or media in general is hard, but one of the things you identified that wasn't even on my list because it just happened was like the, the storming on the Capitol, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll be honest with you. When, when things like that happen, not saying that that's common because that's obviously a very extreme, uh, extreme yeah, yeah, yeah. case, but anything that's super... Uh, negative and uh, divides people 
I honestly can't stand to go look at my timeline. I can't stand to watch TV. And it's not because I don't care about what's happening yeah, because, because I definitely that's... do. But what f- fucking frustrates me so bad is that people will take something to see, whether it be in the media, even if it's on the media, as fact. And then instantly, that's if you disagree with that, you're an asshole. It's like, dude, I don't know what I agree with. And I don't know where to get my resources from. So point being of bringing that up, you know, you obviously put the capital storming on here for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I you mean, probably have an opinion so on timely, it. I couldn't. I yeah. mean, I guess when this airs, it won't be as timely. But it's um, relevant but right now. Literally, so. what day is today? Today's Saturday. Yeah, Thursday? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, Thursday evening. So, you know, you obviously have an opinion on it, which means you're probably more educated on it than I am. Because like I said, I care, but I've stayed away because it just it, it frustrates me to see that this is what fucking, this is where we're at. Yeah, I, oh, so, I think everybody feels that way. So, That's the same reason I think people, you know, I was talking to a family member and uh, my aunt, my godmother was like, yeah, I, I can't, I just don't, I don't, I don't watch the news. I don't watch I local can't. cable news. And that in and of itself is its own discussion, right? Cable news today and the local news is not what it was 40 years ago when breaking news was 9-11 or breaking news was the fall of the Berlin Wall. Like actually something, I mean, the capital is breaking news, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you you don't my point in that is you no longer you almost don't know where to look right that, dude, because that's, what that's uh, what i'm you, saying you don't know where to look and it requires i will say there's a bit of privilege in that to an extent i don't think a lot um but i, I or well i guess i don't want to say i don't think a lot it depends on the situation a lot of many other things so um, so what do you there, mean not, what, and i'm not uh, taking offense i just yeah, want to, yeah. to clarify what do you mean by there's privilege in not knowing where to look there, I don't think there's privilege in not knowing where to look. Forgive me. I, there's, you know, we all know people who are like, I don't pay attention to politics. Mm-hmm. I don't pay attention to what the government votes on. Mm-hmm. I don't go to vote in the election. That I, I, I think for some people it errs towards that. Yeah. It's an extension of people's. Say, well, of course you don't need to. Your life is not at stake. People aren't voting on your mm-hmm. rights. If people were voting on your rights and your minimum wage and your ability to have a life and get married and have children. And it's going to become more important. That it's going to become important, and you, I'm sure you're going to be paying attention, right? Yeah. That's what I meant. Um, I so I think for that. some people, it falls in that sense. They're just, they never engage in any sort of anything going on in the well, world. Well, they're comfortable. Because they're comfortable because yeah. they can be. I don't think you were doing that. And I don't think that ignoring or um, not knowing where to look on your social media is that. That's not what I'm saying. So I, I see how it kind of came off that way, and I didn't mean that. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think you were like attacking me. No, and I will no, say. Yeah. And I will say, I am privileged in the sense that to me, to my personal life, no matter if Trump or Biden's president, my personal life, I don't think that I will see much of a change in mm. how I'm affected. Yeah. With that being said. But you've acknowledged that, and that, yeah, and that's. But do you know how many people don't even acknowledge that? Well, it will take years and years for them to get to that point. They will never acknowledge that their whole lives. They'll go to their deathbed with it. But I don't. But the thing is, it's such a weird thing, and not that you even asked, but it's weird because I recognize that I have that privilege, and I guess I'm, I'm glad I have it. But at the same time, it's like I don't necessarily want that because. Like, mm. I could say, oh, I mm. voted for Trump, and then I'm racist, or I voted for Biden. It's like, well, then you know, it's like. I don't know. Mm. I don't know what. To, I don't know what people what fucking want from me. I I want to have my opinion and not be attacked for having my opinion. And, I, and but me saying that, I feel guilty saying that because I've never been in a group of people that are you know isolated or condemned. You know, I've always been mm. in like the privileged group. So it's like I don't even know if I have the, the the right to say that I feel guilty. You know what I mean? You do, but 
we we can't have that discussion yet until yeah, yeah. we first fix and I, you know people getting murdered. I and, recognize and, that. And, and the way the Black Lives Matter protests went outside the Capitol, met with the National Guard pre-stationed mm-hmm. three hours before. And then here we have the Capitol storming uh, that when people were seeing on Reddit and Twitter and a lot of rhetoric going on on social media and Facebook that this was a planned protest at some point, that this was going to happen. And it takes the National Guard four hours to show up. Yeah. So it just shows that there is a, you know, uh, well, it shows so many things. Um, but going in terms of what you were saying, there's a time and place. Yeah. And that discussion, I think that discussion is to be had. But this is not, the, we, we're not there yet. What's what's more important, mm-hmm. right? And it's not saying that you're not important. I understand. Yeah, it's the I'm same not... reason we have the all lives matter discussion, right? Mm-hmm. When people say all lives matter. Well, when a whole, uh, I keep using the, the example of when there's 10 houses on a street and one house is on fire and you call the fire department, mm-hmm. the fire department doesn't say, well, all houses matter. So we're mm-hmm. not going to come tend to your house. That's burning down. Yeah. No, th- this is what's important. We have to fix that issue before we can fix the others. Yeah. And I think the issue is when people stand in the way of that and they say, no, this is more important. And it's people who've not realized that their biggest disenfranchisement is their opinion. Yeah. When people's others big, biggest disenfranchisement is tuition and life and their job and public transport systems that don't work for them and getting murdered and not being able to even go about their day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I definitely... I, does I, that make sense? Yes, it okay. does. And I've, at work, we've had a lot of um, training discussions and videos on mm. sensitive topics like that. And one of them is Black Lives Matter. And I, and I think I do grasp that concept. I understand why that's important and not all lives matter, because of course they do, but that's not the focus exactly. right now. I get that. What I don't like, and again, maybe, and tell me if this is privilege, because it could be. What I don't like is like, if I go on social media, right... Or, okay, so, scratch it. Mm-hmm. So, there's different news outlets, right? Yeah. CNN is notorious left-sided. What is it? Fox is notorious right-sided, yeah. right? And then there's, you know, depending on who you follow, there's different news outlets, whether it be on online or on social media, that are, again, biased in a certain direction. What I don't like is, like, I've already co- confessed to you that I don't pay very close attention to um, things like the capital storming because... I don't know what to believe, but if I haven't made up my mind yet, I'm getting demonized. Like, for example, when it came to the mm. election time, right? I don't know enough. What do you mean? What do you mean uh, can I clarify? What do you mean when you said uh, what getting demonized? I'm, this is not a judgment. I'm, I'm genuinely yeah, asking. Yeah, so I will use this, this part as an example. If people ask me, like, my political views when we were coming to the election, and if I said, I don't know, so right now I'm mm. leaning towards a third party because... All I hear are such bad things about the left and such bad things about the right, mm. and I don't know where I stand. Like, if I was telling, like, I have a lot of friends who are very left-sided, right? I go and say that, I don't know. Oh, well, then, if you don't vote for the left, then you're racist, and it's like, then you then you want to set back women's rights, gay rights? It's like, you know me. Do you think that's true? No. But because I haven't made up my mind, why is why are you associating me with such? Mm. Well, and I, both sides do it. And same thing yeah, with, like, oh, this yeah. capital thing. Like, you see online, you know, you can see pictures uh, or clips of what somebody said or did that is very bad, right? But we have to be conscious that a video clip or a picture can be taken out of context and chopped up. Like literally somebody could chop up this conversation we're having now and just put together words that make us both sound terrible. And so I'm not saying that what somebody did 
or this capital storming wasn't bad because it definitely was. There's definitely things that need to be discussed. Yeah, I, I don't think anything was in what I've seen and what I have dug to see. Uh, mm-hmm. the, all of the videos are obvious, and not that you're saying that, but yeah, yeah. In, they're, in not situ- they're, they're not doctored. They're not doctored. This I'm is not... what what happened. We saw it. We saw violence. We saw yes, yes. The the event, and so my my point of bringing this all up is, I think the event was very true, and there's not much. There's not really two sides to it, right? Yeah, exactly. What happened? However, happened. some of the things that come up afterwards is like some of the different people that are going in there. Some of the conspiracy theories of different people that are uh, being in there, and like conspiracy theories are just all over the place. But it's annoying time. because if I like if, if and I don't. Do this just because it's not worth my time but if i was to comment on somebody's tweet or facebook post saying well before you cancel anybody or before you make these assumptions as mm. as fact take a second and realize that they could have been manipulated mm. not saying that they are but they, they I could wish have everybody th- yeah, thought like that so the point when i say it, i feel like i get demonized if i, if I was mm. to voice that opinion saying look it i'm not saying you're wrong but let's not write off the other side just yet because it could have been manipulated Obviously, the storming happened. I'm not saying that's wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in scenarios uh, like this, at least in my opinion, I feel like the media, and maybe it's just the people I follow, I don't know, it's one side, and if you fucking even, if you're unsure of what side you're on, well, then you're bad. And I don't mm, like that. And maybe yeah. that's privileged. So, two things on that, I guess. One is, I just want to notice, say, notice how we we have the inclination to do that mm-hmm. when the situation, like the capital we have the inclination to say, well, we can't all make a quick jump to conclusions, mm-hmm. right? When it's a bunch of white people. Okay. And notice how we didn't have that inclination when it was people of color protesting for Black Lives Matter. See, again, though, I, I think you have that inclination, say, but not a lot of people have that inclination. And I would agree with you. Do you when know it, what I mean? I do agree with you to an extent. When So it sounds like people are yelling at you for things that they actually should be having discussions with other people. And this kind of goes back to what Megan and I were saying is people will put things in black and white. So just because, but it's annoying because it happens to not just me, but other people who don't know where they stand. It's like, well, if you don't fucking stand with us, you're against us. And it's like, dude, there's a gray area in in every scenario, in every scenario. And you know, when it came to the BLM movement and whatnot, I didn't, I wasn't the type of person who was like, oh, well, take a pause. Like maybe they did it on themselves, you know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and so I think there are people who they start questioning it and say, take a second when it's against their own beliefs. I agree with what you're saying, but in any scenario, I just don't like that. Like we jump to conclusions. We don't, there's never going to be a quick answer. So why are you demanding it as a quick answer? I agree. And so that is what I don't like. And and, and that's specifically what I notice on social media and on media channels, whether it's Fox or CNN or anything in between. If you don't have a fucking decision made up right away, well, then you're against us. It's like, dude, yeah. I'm Well, human. I also think part of that comes from the 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 news channel inherently, right? They need yeah. to get views. They need to they, yeah, they, they have, have to have a decision. Have a decision. Yeah. They have that is what they're selling themselves but, on, right? So I don't necess- I mean, I blame them when their decision decisions are biased mm-hmm. and unvalidated, right? Um that's what you have to people you know, we're all not black and white. You have to take the time for yourself. But people to don't figure, care exactly to, do that. to figure out that I like I'm someone who likes to look. I like to look at the headline of each just because I'm a weird nerd like that, mm-hmm. right? I like to see what the Fox headline says. I like to see what the CNN headline says. I like to see what the Times headline says. Blah blah blah, and go all back and forth, right? And then personal or in the Washington Post and go around to all the different media outlets: conservative, liberal, independent, yada yada, business oriented, right? these facets of opinions. And then literally, I mean, there are literally Harvard studies you can find too that help show you what news broadcasters and what 
um, news reporters and anchors, what uh, news publications are actually the most reliable, one of the mm. most reliable in their standard reporting um, is the New York Times and the New Yorker. Of course, these both lean liberal, but more so they lean liberal as proven in their Harvard studies in the, um, what's it called, their op-eds, their opinion articles, Okay. right? So I think sometimes... The, the, the truth of the matter does lean more liberal and sometimes it does lean more, more conservative, conservative. Yeah. and that's just life that's how it is mm-hmm. and people want to you know it's easier for us to say are you telling me that everybody in this whole nation fits into one of two groups no that's... no we've got what and then we've got the green party and independence four groups I, I barely fit into the same group each day. Half the people in this country barely fit into the same damn pair of pants yeah. every day, right? And you're telling me I have to pick a political group? Yeah. No, my mom is someone who's notoriously is always saying, sorry, mom, um, that, you know, uh, she, she generally ends up leaning towards people, certain people, yes. But the ideal way to do it is vote issue by issue. Yeah. I, I look at the issue, I take all of the facts that I can get around it, and then I make a decision based on it. Mm-hmm. And if that issue then allows something else to happen or something, then I have to consider that. But right, this is the same thing we were talking about when we're saying work. If I go into my life and I have to make all of these decisions, I would just cease to exist and fall on the floor. That's so much work mm-hmm. emotionally, mentally, physically, right, to, to do all of these things. So no wonder people don't do it. And I can't expect everybody to. I don't even do it all the time, right? And I think that just shows, look at what we've done to our society. I'm, a, I'm an optimistic person. I may not sound optimistic I am right too. Now, I try to I'm be. But I'm like the most optimistic person, and it is my downfall so many times. I'm always giving people the benefit of the doubt. And I think it's because people don't inherently want society to be terrible. I don't think the reason we developed the things we developed and the reason we 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 landed where we landed today was because we wanted bad things to happen to good people. I, I don't think that's the truth. I, I know people would disagree with me, but I inherently don't think that's true. I think in facets, that may be true. We inherently wanted people of color to have less rights than us. I, I didn't physically wake up and make that decision, yeah. but in the past, that decision has been made, right? Not by us. But there are consequences of that decision. At the same time, there are people who've come up with medical solutions to illnesses that have saved lives, right? You know, so it's it's sad, but we, we I think we just, ideally, we need to take a look at society as a whole, especially in America, and, and just say, hey, it's okay to say, hey, we, we're, we're not doing, doing this all right, and that is okay. And we don't we know what to do. And we don't know what to do. I don't fucking know what to do. So let's look to the people who have studied this and the people who have said, I've been a scholar. I have a PhD in this. I've been studying these decisions mm-hmm. for 50 years, right? Maybe I should sit back and listen to that person because they might be able to help. Yeah. And then we can all listen and have that. Wouldn't that be nice, man? And we all have some fruit punch and some cake. and like <laughs> That's a perfect world. Yeah, right? And I know that's not going to happen, but I think at the end of the day, it comes down to it may sound cliche, but compassion, kindness, patience. Mm-hmm. You've got to sit down and, you know, because then here we are all arguing, right? And and seeking to divide and, and we're all divided and then we're all arguing and look who's winning. Mm-hmm. The powers that be or uh, the devil or, you know what I mean? The, the, the bad is winning in those moments when we can't actually take a moment to just and sit I... down and speak talk Mm -hmm. to each other and actually like give somebody a hug and listen you know what i mean 
I agree with you, and that's why. And I was having this conversation with my dad a while back, and we'll we'll, we'll make it short because I know we're getting mm. to our time here. Oh, oh, but okay. um, yeah. as great as it would be to implement change at such a high, like such a high power, and like, oh, it's gonna take a vast time, change man. over the nation, right? Yeah. At least in my belief, being an optimistic person, and I think you might be able to agree with this, is I don't think right now I have the ability to make to spark change in the entire country or in the entire world. I don't think that. Mm. However. I can treat you as a human. I can treat you as how I like to be treated. I can treat the next person the same way and so on and so forth. And maybe those people like to be around me and they learn something from me and then like to, ter- like, like to treat other people in the same way that I just treated them. So you can't spark this huge change from at the top. I think it has to start ground up. And do you, can I ask you a question yeah. on that? If you feel like that thought has, do you not think that, why do you not think that going around and doing that is not sparking a big change? Because no one, not everyone's doing it. That's the issue. Okay, but one person is doing it. You're doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think because I can only affect the people that I, you know, interact with. Well, I think those people would be affected, and those if that small choice does make a change, I think that is doing something. Yeah, and I agree. However, it's not. I think everyone's idea is we have to make a change now from the top up that affects everybody and trickles down and makes things better for us on a daily life, whether it be laws, whatever, which would be awesome. But I don't. Well, that's not. Yeah, that can't happen. I don't think that's. I also. Yeah, it's not a quick fix. No, it's not. As as we've obviously seen everywhere. Yeah. B, it's not a perfect world. So it's not. It's just not going to happen like that. It's not a quick fix. Exactly. But we can. What we can change is how I recognize things to be and how I choose to treat people. And. If enough people do that, well, then we're slowly making progress from the bottom upwards. And maybe if we, if it, it's a, if it's infectious enough, then then we can start bringing the top in with us. But it's I again, mean, it's not I a just, fast process. No, it's not a fast process. But I would, that's the only thing I would would, would challenge you on is Rosa Parks made one decision, mm-hmm. and that decision changed a lot. Yeah, George Floyd, that's one moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to discredit his experience to one moment, obviously, but I'm saying that one, that actually those seven seconds, mm-hmm. uh, seven minutes, um, that made a big impact, right? Yeah. We've seen that one person's decision in their day, the, the decision I make when I walk out that door today to be a sober driver mm-hmm. makes a big impact. Yeah. I, I think we're almost too quick to assume that the little decisions we make in life don't make a big impact just because we don't immediately see change. No, and, and, and I don't think you're necessarily saying that by any means, but I, I would say I think you are making more of a change by being the person that you are than you think you might be. Well, then let me, let me re- redefine it. I, that's my point is I think it is significant enough to, be, to make the mm. small change. And I'm saying small change because I'm one person. And yes, yeah, yeah. I could do something that's significant and it's really big. Yeah, However, it's not as big as if I it was a president and said, okay, everyone who's, oh, yeah, in, everyone the, who's incarcerated <laughs> for, for weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, exactly. that's like, a bigger... sign a piece of paper and it's done. I don't have the power to do that. Oh, totally. I think my power or your power or anybody's power in, 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 in an everyday life comes from how they interact with people. And it can, oh, be, it can be very agree. significant. And... Obviously, the way I want to, I want to treat people. I can't just force somebody to treat them the same way that I do it. Yep. Point being is, treat people I with think, kindness, man. I Come think it here, starts. Small. I think it starts small, uh-huh. and even though it's significant, it's a smaller. It's a. I'm just a blip on you know, 
the the radar of what is humanity but mm-hmm. it's a small thing that we can do every day that maybe that maybe the laws will still be against us maybe the policies will still be mm-hmm. against us but we can do it you know we can still make people comfortable with how we interact with them does that make sense yeah it does make sense and i know it's more optimistic than it is because obviously if i'm having a bad day i can't be super positive to somebody but you yeah, can, I you understand can, you that can my ability you... to be optimistic sometimes comes or comes with privilege at times. Yeah, with my white privilege, I understand that. Um, but at the same time, I know times when it doesn't; uh, those two aren't intersecting at that point. Yeah. Um, so, posit- positivity, kindness, compassion, and acceptance—I don't think will ever uh, can ever really be a bad decision. Yeah. And I agree. Making those little decisions, like. Just asking someone, hey, can I give you a hug before you hug them? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, obviously, how many things could have been alleviated in life had we just asked? Yeah. Or had we just thought about the decision we were making? You know, people aren't, and I don't believe people are inherently bad. I, think I would agree with that. I, 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 that's, I know that's controversial. It will, yeah, it controversial. Is. It will forever be controversial, right? We make movies, TV, art, film, music about that all the time. The Joker, right? That's the, the whole epicenter of that whole film, right? Um, so it's just, yeah, we, we can't make all of these, we can't assume that all of these little decisions don't make an impact because they do. Um, not that you're saying that. But yeah. That's just what I want to remind. No, I agree. Of. And I think another, another very small thing I just want to introduce is, yes, we should treat people with kindness and whatnot, but we also need to be mindful that people make mistakes. And mm. if you make a mistake, fine, but, you know, be, can- you be, 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 genuine and 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 how you react to that mistake yeah. for example cancel I would, culture well yeah that's a perfect that example, could be a whole other hour conversation yeah. but like i would say generally i'm a nice person generally i treat people with respect however i would be lying if i didn't say oh i've you know i've made a bad comment to somebody or i've treated somebody oh, totally. badly on a certain day mm-hmm. or uh just somebody badly that i've known whether it be multiple days but that those things don't define me and I do like I feel the gravity of how how important you know or how bad that felt to be mm. you know negative towards somebody else you know what I mean yeah so like totally but so what we can do is recognize how we treat people and try to mm. live that but as well respect like if somebody treated me negatively don't just be like oh well fuck that person like take a pause and like step away and then you know sometimes they are just gonna be bad to you for some reason but it's it doesn't have to personal. always be that way yeah, it's or not it's not personal. personal. Maybe they're just bad because they have something else that's bothering them, and you're just in their line of fire, which is it, unfortunate. It, mm, it doesn't that happen all at work all the time? Yeah, right. You know, we're trying to get one thing done, and in doing that one thing, we forget something else, or we say something here that we don't mean to be offensive. We don't mean to make someone feel bad, and somebody feels hurt. Yeah, you know, and we didn't intend that. It doesn't make us a bad person. Yeah, it it, it it's life. Yeah. But it's 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 when we can come together afterwards and be patient and listen and apologize and admit that some of us are fortunate in ways that the others that others are not and some of us are less fortunate in ways that others are fortunate you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's it's different the whole life is a spectrum right yeah. everything falls on that spectrum not just sexuality not just love not just compassion and kindness and hatred and understanding they're all like oh it's just it's it's tough but I, life would be so boring if it wasn't tough that's part of what makes it beautiful, right? Yeah, right. I agree. I mean, we could go on for probably three or four more hours yeah, if we were talking so about cancel too. culture. But yeah, I've before... got a good amount of tea in here. I could, <laughs> I could keep and uh, not uh, not uh, the tea, but yeah. literal tea. Um, 
<laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I hear you. Before before we we send off though, I'd like to ask all my guests what's something they do that you know they helps them stay afloat, keeps them oh, happy, yeah, their mental health tip in a, in a sense. So you know, I'll turn it to you for that. If you have anything that you I do, I really should have thought because I heard you ask Megan this, and I really should have thought about this. Like I'm that, but I was like, no, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to decide because I yeah. don't exactly know. Um, what do I do for myself? That brings you happiness, or like makes you step back from the ledge if you're having a bad day. I would say like, try what well, honestly breathe. Mm-hmm. Take a moment and breathe. Remind myself to be present. You know that I'm sitting here, having a having a discussion with Seth, hitting the mic and embarrassing myself with my pointer finger, my mm-hmm. left pointer finger, having tea, touching the table, and that is okay. Whatever it may be in that moment. So I would say that and taking a taking time for yourself. It's so important to learn to take time for yourself and say, I can't do that. You know what? I don't want to go out right now. I actually don't want to go. Mm-hmm. You know, be honest with yourself and with others. I actually don't want to do that. You know, I, I don't want to go to that party. I don't want to have that drink. I don't want to talk to that person. I don't want to eat that meal. I don't want to go to that club. I don't want, no. It is okay to say no. Especially if you're not saying it with hatred, you're just yeah. saying it. No, I need this for myself. Duh. We all have times to ourselves. I would say for me, it's when I hang out with people, I need a, the exact same amount of time that I hang out with people. I need that amount of time to recharge by myself. Mm-hmm. has nothing to do with anybody else. has nothing to do with hostility or anger or resentment. I just need that time. Yeah, It's like equally introverted and extroverted. So I would say that. Find a way to take time for yourself and treat yourself to something while you're doing it. Yoga, a cup of tea, a vinyl, listening to music, sitting down, taking a breather, reading a book, taking a 20-minute nap, whatever it is that helps you feel a sense of normalcy and and, and breath and mm-hmm. relax, you know? Say what you mean, mean what you say, do what you mean. Don't put too much on your plate. Exactly. Be honest about what you can do. Yep. I feel that. It's a good tip. Yeah, I, I guess I would say yes. Say what you mean. Mean what you say, do what you mean. Do it with integrity. There I like we go. That. That's how I can, I'll put it all concise. I like that. Thank you, AC, for coming out. Yeah, coming thank on. you. It's been awesome to meet you and talk to you. Yeah, you too, man. This is, I, it is a pleasure, really. I know we don't know each other, but, well, I guess we know each other now. But thank you, really. I cannot thank you enough. And it's just, you know, you, you being you, I appreciate that. I know we don't know each other well, but I thank you for being who you are and just being a good person and being yourself. That is a hard thing to do sometimes. It's hard to wake up and be yourself. So thank you for doing that. Whatever it may be today in your Detroit hoodie with your beanie looking comfy and stylish and thank you. Well, I appreciate those words. So thank you for coming on. Yeah, of course. Anytime. I know it's not live with Ryan Seacrest and Kelly Ripple, but Maybe like one any, day anytime, man, you can pull me up on FaceTime. I got nothing else to do when I'm in Manhattan. Did you so. want to plug anything? You know, promote yourself no, in any way? No, um, I don't have anything to promote that I'm working on right now. I guess this would be it. Okay. Uh, if you need more information on me, my website is A-C-Q-U-A-G-L-I-A-T-O. My name, acquagliato.com. You'll find all my stuff on there. Resume, experiences, real, all that jazz. Instagram? Uh, Instagram is the exact same. All right, you know where to find them. And all that jazz.
All right. There you, we go. <laughs> you, know, you know where to find him. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. If you're listening to this, um, if you want to come on podcast, please send me an email or a message on Instagram. I'm not going to say the handles because by now you should know. All right. Until no. next week. <laughs> Thanks, guys.